0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to the Welcome to Asgard podcast, episode 300. Made it all the way to 300. And thank you for joining me on this Saturday evening to talk about the box office failure That is likely going to be Eternals, based on the numbers that we currently have for the film, compared to not only other Marvel films throughout history, but also to the two other MCU films to come out this year. And why I suspect that the drop-off for this film is probably going to be a little bit higher than what they are expecting, especially based on the number that they are projecting this film to end up being at. But before getting into that, please make sure if you're watching on YouTube that you smash that like button, let up that fire button. If you are watching over on Odyssey, we are also live on Twitter and DLive as well. And thank you wherever it is that you are watching from. I very much appreciate it. And thank you all for being here uh, you guys are awesome. So, baby Thor doing well. He is asleep. I have monitor in front of me right now. He's usually once he's once he's down, he's 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 down for the count. But I have the monitor out just in case because as I've mentioned on Friday Night Tights, I am pretty much alone this weekend <laughs> because the wife Freya is at a wedding down in Texas. So, um uh, Today was an interesting day because of that. I was able to be on Father Christopher Miller's stream earlier, Hail Father, uh, so that was a lot of fun, but other than that, have had to try and find out ways to keep a young toddler entertained, which is not my forte uh, at this point in time, but hey, I got through it. And here we are. So, again, thank you everyone for being here in the chat. And a huge shout out, of course, to 70B and Tina B, my Valkyrie for being in the chat tonight as well let's say hello to all of the beautiful people before looking at the box office numbers so matthew highland welcome to the chat thank you for being here keely chow in the chat as well hail to you we got Poopus cuba says hello humans and other quitters what's going on snortapoopis thank you very much for being here coliseum builders what is going on how is it going how is it going? Yeah, uh, there was indeed that recent report about how overall it wasn't that none of their films made money. This is something that some people are misreading. So there is a report showing that in Q3, that in on the whole, they lost money, not that every individual film lost money. And I think that's a very important distinction. And when you have massive losses coming from films like Jungle Cruise, which was easily $100 to 100, $150 million loss for them. It kind of explains why. Not to mention, of course, Shang-Chi is barely a profitable film. And Black Widow, it's really hard to argue whether or not the film uh, is is profitable because of uh, the Disney Plus numbers, which are a little bit dubious And also, on top of that, the fact that they did pay a settlement out to Scarlett Johansson, the star of that movie, which I would absolutely say is fair to be able to subtract that from the total box office for that film, seeing that she, again, was a direct part of that film, and it was about that film. So, I would, again, put that into perspective there. And so, because of all of those things, overall, on the whole, they lost money. That is what was said. Not that every film individually lost fi- uh, lost money. Because as I said, Shang-Chi, though some people, of course, have a lot of negative things to say about it. I have not seen it yet myself. I believe it is now available on Disney+. Plus. And since the wife has us having Disney+, Plus, uh, it might be on <laughs> the radar of something that I eventually watch. Um, uh, again, still doesn't mean... That it is a film that is all that impressive, but it did make money at the box office. That is something that I can indeed confirm based on the numbers that have been given to us. We got Tina B, the Empress of the Universe. Hail to you, Tina B. Thank you very much for being here. Father Christopher Miller, as I mentioned earlier, hail to you, Father. Thank you for being here today, and thanks for hosting that stream earlier. Andrew Hoyle, what's going on, good sir? Late in the evening for you, or early morning for you. Thirteenth Warrior in the chat. Hail to you, Thirteenth Warrior. Thank you very much for being here. Remember that if you have a comment or question that you once read aloud on the channel, please put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. At Odin, it'll let me know you're trying to get my attention and I will gladly read that. Make sure it's at the beginning of your comment. Um, And again, at Odin has to be there, unless, of course, you are a member on YouTube, in which case, part of your membership is that you don't have to tag me. Though, if you are talking to someone else, I do beg that you tag the people you're talking to. So that way, I can uh, figure things out. And of course, for intros, tags are not necessary, because I'm saying hello to people. Tina Bojan, what is going on? Tina, glad to have you here. Mr. Roy, hail to you. We got Forever Sci-Fi in the chat. Hail to you. We got Hound3000. Hello. How is it going? Laura, the Modern Major General. Story in the chat. Gmonkey76 in the chat as well. Hail, hail to you all. We got the new number two, Dean Heiss. What is going on? Thank you very much for being here. Uh, forever sci-fi, <laughs> Owen's probably hung over from a full FNT. Well, seeing that we ended relatively early, right around 9 p.m. my time, uh, no, we weren't really up that late. And one of the beautiful things about uh, what we're trying to do now, we're trying to streamline things a bit to have an actual hard start time and uh, also to try to the best of our ability, have more of a hard end time as well and over time trying to condense the show to a much more palatable length. So that is exciting for me because it just, again, uh, it's nice to have consistency with timing because that's a big thing with me, as you all know. I'm someone that likes to be on a schedule. I'm someone that likes to be able to follow a schedule and have the schedule be followed. Uh, So all of these other factors, all of these things going on right now, uh, and again, it's, it's looking uh, very, very nice going forward. Uh, Friday Night Tights absolutely is on the rise. So very much excited to be a part of that process. More to come from Friday Night Tights as far as news and information. Uh, and again, thank you all very much for those who are supportive of us over on Friday Night Tights. Kara Tharp, what's going on? Kara, thank you for being here. Thank you also for being a member on the channel. Rob D, hail to you. Thank you very much for being here. We got Jay Alice McCarthy Jr. saying, Howdy, Odin. How's it going? Happy 300 to celebrate with 300, the movie. Yeah, you know, I, I mentioned this before. The only film, uh, or rather the only film out of the entire filmography of Zack Snyder that I at any point had any positive view on was 300. And it's a movie that over time I have just found myself not ever really wanting to watch it ever again. And again, uh, obviously, there are going to be Zack Snyder fans out there, and hey, if that's your cup of tea, that's great. For me, not so much. But yes, indeed, we are in at absolutely episode 300 of the show. 13th Warrior says, 300 is a new 250. Trying to say the show is old at this point. I say nay-nay to this. I say nay-nay. Uh, Sas- Sasamanis <laughs> What's going on? Yes. Uh, One of the things that I always try to do is to be on time. I do uh, try to be as consistent as I can. I always let people know in advance if a stream has to be cancelled. There are, of course, obviously extenuating circumstances that can lead to shows being canceled with less notice. I try to always get it out on multiple media platforms. So if you're not following me on any social media platforms, well, then I can't help you uh, because, you know, I'll put it out on Gab. I'll put it out on Minds, I'll put it out on Twitter, of course, the Discord server, the YouTube community tab. Uh, If you're not following me in one of those locations, well, then at that point, it, there's really not much that I can do to contact you. <laughs> so, Also, Locals uh, as well. Uh, locals is great because you can follow me over on Locals for free. You do not have to pay to get the... There is exclusive content over there for those that do become paying members. But as far as general uh, information, I always will post links to my latest videos. And so if YouTube is, for some reason, not notifying you of videos and you want to see my videos as soon as possible, things like that, you can follow me on Locals, and it'll notify you when I post new videos. And, of course, if you become a member, you get access to extra stuff. By the way, if you are at the Keeper of the Bifrost level or above, Keeper of the Bifrost level or above on any of the platforms, then be ready because sometime this evening I will be posting a Q&A post because uh, John Flickinger and myself will be doing our monthly podcast episode on monday is the plan right now and so some people uh, don't always get a notification for it or don't know that it's coming so i just want to let people know if you are at the keeper of the bifrost level or above so that's a ten dollar or above membership on any of the platforms whether it's subscribe star patreon uh locals or uh even youtube as well uh you will have access to a q a post So just be ready for that. The only ones that I know of that can sometimes have difficulty finding the post is going to be the YouTube side of things. It's going to be in the community tab, and I put it as a members-only post for Keep at the Bifrost level. So again, be on the lookout for that coming out this evening. So if you uh, check it sometime tomorrow before Monday evening, you should be able to find that post. So any question that you might have for uh, John Flickinger or myself, it is a fun podcast, and also that is where I post all those podcast episodes, as well, on all of those various platforms. So, again, thank you very much for that. Uh, Bruce in the chat, hail to you, Bruce. Thank you again for being here. Uh, Sizer Neons, not quite there yet, but it is very likely that the Eternals will indeed lose some money. Uh, Sahil, what's going on? Says, Eternals is gonna limp to 150 million, in other words a guaranteed flop. Yeah, based on whatever the international numbers are this weekend will tell us exactly how much of a flop it's going to be as you all know, I'll be doing my box office breakdown on this tomorrow I'll do a dedicated video for Geeks and Gamers, specifically focusing on Eternals, and then I'll have a full box office breakdown of other films I know there's a lot of people interested in Dune and how well that film is doing uh, post-release. It is actually Set to have another small drop off in the domestic market, but as I keep on saying, though that poses relatively good news for the film as far as being able to reach certain milestones domestically, because it has already been out since September, uh, in or it's been out for well over a month. ...in other countries across the world. It's kind of slowed down to the point where it's not set to really make that much more money. That's Dune. Um, And it still needs to make uh, a bit more money in order for that film to break even. So, for those, uh, again, looking at that film, I, of course, will talk about that on the main channel right here. Uh, But, of course, I will also talk about Eternals on the main channel as well. But I do like doing my box office breakdowns for the Geeks and Gamers community because Geeks and Gamers, for life... Uh, Let's see, 13th Warrior says here, I'm a bit confused about Eternals. Why did the shill media not celebrate the all-consuming diversity? It is a very good question. It is a very good question. This is a movie that you would have thought would have gotten all the support in the world. And you are still seeing it from the usual suspects, I would say. But it is interesting. I do feel like there are times when Disney will give media like it's almost like they give the media they give the shills an out right they guarantee every year that there's going to be at least one film that if they want to be critical of that they can be critical of and that will kind of help to quell the rumors of well how can we how can you call us shills if we're doing this right so for me when it comes to marvel i think eternals is a great example of that but then think about star wars right You know, one of their biggest things was they were all over The Last Jedi, saying it's one of the greatest Star Wars films of all time. And then what happened with the last Star Wars film? Not nearly as much. Not nearly as much love and support. So I feel like they are sometimes kind of given a freebie. It's just, (laughs) that's that's very much a, a conspiracy theory on my part. But it would not surprise me. It really would not surprise me if that was the case. That Disney would try and give them kind of an out every single year so that they could then continue to show the other film set. Now, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that they would choose the film that costs more in this situation compared to some of the other films that they've had that cost a little bit less, but it is interesting, to say the very least, that they did not use the diversity as a jumping-off point. And also, even in the criticism, here's the other key point. Even in the criticism of the film, you're still seeing a lot of praise, For the diversity of the film. So even in criticism. Even in criticism. They are still praising. The only thing they are praising. The only thing that they find any. Quality worth praising for. Is of course. The diversity. Orange Hat Reviews. What is going on. Thank you for being here. Uh, Andrew Hoyle says. Just put baby Thor on the doggy bed with River. Yeah that just wouldn't work. That just wouldn't work. He wouldn't fall asleep and then he'd start pulling at River's hair. And then it'd just be this whole thing. It'd just be this whole, whole thing. Wouldn't be good. Zach Greg, what's going on? Thanks for being in the chat. Again, hail to you, Sass. Appreciate you being here. Dark Shadow Logan, hail to you. Thank you very much for being here today. Appreciate it. Alex McCarthy launched Jungle Cruise and gave it a 7 out of 10. Of course you did. The king of bad movie takes. Alex McCarthy is once again back. If you had any doubts in your mind, uh, of of his taste, there there it is. Uh, oh, <laughs> Rob D says I've been saying it for two years now. Eternals will be lucky to hit four hundred million. Yeah, uh, and I, I would say that at, at this point, based on the pacing domestically, we'll have to wait and see what the drop off is internationally. Again, we have a pretty good metric. This we we will have the ability to make a pretty accurate prediction. For what the long-term box office will be for this film, because of the fact it opened in ninety-three percent of the available international market, so it's it's again it's available in the vast majority of places uh, that it can be available in internationally. And of course, we already know domestically the numbers there, but it is seemingly tracking very much in line with what we saw with Black Widow, but in reverse. It's it's underperforming domestically. If you look and compare the domestic numbers to Black Widow, you're seeing it's still, even after the projections for this weekend, going to ultimately be well behind Black Widow domestically. But it is uh, trending ahead of Black Widow internationally in like-for-like markets. And so, something tells me, and it would not surprise me, if those were able to offset. I think I've mentioned this before. And if those offset, then we're looking at a film that likely will be somewhere between... Where Black Widow ended up, which was $375 million. Of course, that's not including anything from Disney+. Plus. And then the $420 or so million dollars of Shang-Chi. And again, these are all uh, factors which could easily be impacted by a either weaker international box office take or a stronger one. And we will find out more about that tomorrow with the box office breakdown, so uh, stay tuned for that, around maybe 1 p.m. or so, I'll have my box office breakdown, uh, you know, at least getting started, usually by 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time is when I get those videos out on the channel, and also just keep in mind that tomorrow is going to be a bit hectic, because as I said, it's just me and the baby. Uh, Wife is out of town this weekend, and so that means I'm going to be going to Mass uh, solo, uh, so having to, to to take care of baby Thor during Mass is going to be a bit of a trick also, I of course would like to be able to go to uh, the grocery as well, so that'll be a bit of a, a, a <laughs> that'll be a little bit of a trick as well, with a little toddler and uh, also there is a show going on right now, at uh, the school I go to, uh, the school that I work at, and so that is also something that I, I was I, I filmed one uh, one of the shows already, but I think that there could be better audio, so I'm like looking at how to, I'm trying to basically do everything tomorrow, so uh, please keep me in your prayers, it's going to be pretty crazy, at some point though, there will be a box office breakdown, Arkham City Siren, what is going on? Thank you for being here, Slicer Dion says, the mouse has no cheddar in the bank, definitely seems that way, Definitely seems that way, James Richards. What's going on? Thank you for being here, Joey Horn. Hail to you! Thank you very much for being here today. You are awesome, Arkham City Siren. Tied to say, have you seen the Marvel and Netflix shows? They're far better than any of the. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I, I, you can probably find and look back, uh, in the history of the channel to find my reviews of the MCU shows on Netflix. Yeah, uh, they were they were fantastic, e- even the weaker shows. Um. I thought were pretty fantastic. I actually was a. I actually liked what they did with uh, Iron Fist. I know it's not great. I know that it's got a lot of issues and got a lot of flaws. But hey, I liked it a hell of a lot better than Jessica Jones season two, and uh, you know Luke Cage <laughs> season two as well. Uh, even those first seasons of those two shows were the only thing that made Jessica Jones season one worth anything was David Tennant. You know, without David Tennant, that that first season would have been abysmal. But he, as a villain, was just so very good and so very strong as such. Um, got a lot of action going on over on uh, Odyssey right now. Damn. Uh, first off, thank you for the hyper chat. Tony says, thanks for streaming live on Odyssey for us Outcast." Hey, Tony, thank you very much, man, for following me on Odyssey. I, I appreciate the hyper chat, man. And uh, you're awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We got Dion over there as well. He also sent a hyper chat as well, both of them for the five library tokens. Thank you very much for that. He says, Hail to you, sir. Hail to you as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Very much appreciate you being over there on Odyssey. And again, if you're on Odyssey, please make sure you light up that fire button. And if you have a comment or question, of course, you can uh, leave a hyper chat. But. You can also just put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment, at Odin on Odyssey, at Odin, and it'll let me know you're trying to get my uh, my attention, and then I'll be able to read your comments and questions. Just know that I do fall behind in the chat on YouTube, and so, therefore, be ready for that, but I will do the very best that I can to uh, be able to balance between the two. Alright, let's see. New number two says it's a beautiful thing seeing Disney stock tumbling taking a tumble the other day because of the Disney. Yes, absolutely. Hashtag DuckFisney. No doubt about that, bro Duke. What's going on? Thank you very much for being here in the chat. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's see, Evan S. what's going on, says, when is Gary uploading the full episode last night? I missed last night. Yeah, the issue uh, that I noticed last night when I I tried to go back and and rewatch some of the parts was that uh, Disney had made some copyright claims because of the trailers we were watching. Even though we were commenting on it, even though we were adding uh, various comments to it, for some reason, Disney was like, nope. (laughs) so it was blocked in certain areas including just i wasn't able to rewatch it so uh it might take gary a little bit of time but typically he uploads it onto the second channel um within a couple of days but as i said the only issue is the fact that it did get uh at least some copyright claims from disney so i'm imagining that he's probably going to want to get those taken care of before going any further uh with uploading it anywhere else uh, let's see. Nathan Slay says, "Would you agree that The Wolf of Wall Street is really fun, a really good film from Scorsese?" Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we've talked about this before, Nathan. I Feel like sometimes we go around in circles, man. Uh, Robby says, "Have any movies been announced for 2022?" The only ones I know of is Lightyear for Disney. You mean? Yeah, absolutely. For 2022, they've got uh, they've got a few MCU films slated to come out next year. They still have Doctor Strange set to come out next year. They've um uh let's see they've also got trying to think of the other uh, major films that they've got for next year there's there's at least a couple films that they have set to come out next year they've gotten some delays but 2022 they still got some slates and they got other stuff too they got the animated stuff they have going on a lot of disney plus stuff as well thirsty warrior says hard start time in uh a an APT description. Since Gary has a long history of, the, oh no, no, but Thursday Warrior, like he is for real this time. We got very close to starting on on the time that we were hoping for last time. Yeah, Thor Love and Thunder uh, was one. And then the Marvels uh, was the other one, I believe, slated as well. Thank you, uh, Kamikaze, for that. I saw that in the live chat, by the way. Sensei Mike in the chat. Uh, What's going on, Sensei Mike? Bow to your Sensei. Bow to your Sensei. Thanks for being here, dude. And also, Miss Martin Muses, thank you very much for the dollar super sticker for the rose. Very much appreciate that. You're awesome. Forever Sci-Fi says, if the wife can roll out to Texas for a wedding, does that mean we might see you roll out to Gary's Texas studio when it is ready? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, we'll be wanting to do that. Probably wouldn't be until summer, which is probably around the time that things would be rocking and rolling down there anyway. So, uh, yeah, totally. It's it's a bit of a drive. It's a bit of a drive. I think it's, it's, I think it's about 1,000 miles uh, from, from where I am in Tennessee. So... You know, it's it's going to definitely have to be over the summer vacation, most likely, and it's going to have to be something that I work out well in advance with with Freya, because uh, obviously that would that's going to make it a several day affair. But uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, I would love to be able to uh, take part in the new studio over there because all that stuff incredibly exciting. Again, Friday Night Tights on the rise. Yes. Start Actual start times, also looking to, over the course of the next few, uh, probably the next just few months, uh, also be able to condense it down as well. So that way it is more uh, palatable. Turning it into a a more legit production. Still having a fun, of course, still having our fun, but also making it a bit more... um, a bit more palatable as well. Jason Ebenstein, what is going on? Thanks for being here. Laura, the Modern Major General, says that she watched Red Notice today and thought it was a fun movie. Ah, I got a, I got a little bit of a different take from some people. But I'm glad to hear that you thought it was fun. Uh, I want to say it was John. I think it was John Flickinger who who had some comments of it. Um, I don't think he... He didn't say the words i hated it or i didn't like it but he he made a comparison to another film which seemed to indicate that it was definitely not on his radar of good films but hey it's on netflix so it's available to watch um so definitely on my radar for sure philip and I, as you all know uh Laura story not only is she the modern major general but also i i tend to take her advice when it comes to film recommendations as well philip hawkins welcome to the chat thanks for being here there's miss martin muses thank you again for being in the chat. Thank you for being a friend. I don't know why that popped into my head, but hey, it did. That's just the way it goes sometimes. All righty then. Matthew Highland, tagged to say, uh, did you see Ridley Scott have to say about superhero movies? I did not, but uh, if it's anything like, like what Martin Scorsese said, then I would be in full agreement. Roddy says, I think Eternals was probably just flat out bad. It's not the first Marvel anything. Rotten Tomatoes gave a bad review. Remember, Inhumans. This is true, right? So it's not the first of anything Marvel. But I definitely think that uh, that's a good example. And here's the funny thing about Inhumans, the show. I didn't hate that show. It wasn't a good show. Like Like, from an objective standard, it's got a lot of issues with it. But I found myself, because it got so roasted, because it got so destroyed, I was like, you know what? I'd, I'd, I'd watch another season of this. I was intrigued by a couple of the storylines there. The acting was atrocious. I, I thought that that was definitely the, one of the weakest parts. was just some of the acting was pretty bad. But I was like, yeah, yeah, you know what? There's some characters here where, you know, these are these arcs are, you know, at least somewhat entertaining. But then again, I went in with, uh, with, with rock-bottom expectations, and sometimes that happens. When you go in with incredibly low expectations, and it ends up not being... It's kind of like with stick, right? So, fan four-stick, not very good, right? Fan four-stick, let's just, okay, put it out there, right? Fan four-stick, not good. I went in with such rock-bottom expectations, though, I came out of it saying, you know what? There was some potential there. There there, there was some potential there. there. There were a couple of moments where I'm like, okay. But it's still a bad movie, right? Still a bad movie. Uh, Coliseum Builder says, For Wrinkle in Time, we saw the same. Critics praised the diversity in casting, but hated the film. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, which was also interesting because it featured a Hollywood darling, right? That was the other interesting thing about that movie. And again, I think it kind of also goes to what I was saying before about how they they seem to have like a pass on like certain films at certain times. You know, maybe it's that they have to be able to be critical of at least a film from Disney to try and make it seem like they still have credit. By the way, speaking of films and film reviewers, if you don't know the Salty Nerd podcast, first off, shout out to the Salty Nerd podcast, but I saw a recent call to action. I saw a recent call to action from Matthew Kadish. They are trying to get to 200 reviews over on Apple iTunes. So if you listen to podcasts on Apple iTunes, please give their show a five-star review and um, and leave some thoughts as well. Listen to their content also. I'm always the person where it's like, listen to the show. And, and if you think that they merit the five stars, then they give the five stars. But um, if you've not done so already or you already know them already, uh, go ahead and look at them because... If they get to 200 apparently that gets them to be Rotten Tomatoes certified. So that would mean that they would be able to start putting reviews out in the critics section on Rotten Tomatoes. So even though Rotten Tomatoes is complete trash, at least we would know we would have some sensible people putting out rotten or fresh ratings there. Um, So anyway, Uh, we got a $100 donation via Streamlabs. From sensei, dude, sensei Mike, he's back, everybody. Bow to the sensei. Bow to the sensei. Sensei Mike, thank you for the one hundred dollar donation, man. Seriously, thank you so much uh, for this one. Sensei Mike, throughout the years, has been incredibly generous uh, to to the channel. Uh, he says, "I think Disney Plus is in bad shape." No, I think you're right. Uh, with the recent reports coming out about the uh, numbers being below what they expected about the operating cost of all these things. Again, that, this is where the discussion about whether or not they made money from all of the films together uh, came in. Part of the discussion was the operating cost. Uh, so all of these things came together to result in, essentially, a net loss in in revenue. And it doesn't help when some of the biggest films you have, like Black Widow, right, even outside of, of, of COVID, right, you would have said, Black Widow, that should have been an instant hit. That should have been an instant success, that should have been a massive box office moneymaker. It ended up not being able to even break even. And uh, and we can say that now for sure because of the settlement uh, between them and Scarlett Johansson. Then you have films like, as far as the MCU is concerned, Shang-Chi, which is again barely profitable. Making a, what, another $20-25 million in raw net gain net profit. And now we have Eternals. Which, after tomorrow, could be as much as a $100 million loss, depending on these uh, international numbers. That's going to be the biggest thing that I'm looking at tomorrow, is what is those international numbers, what is that international drop-off. But yeah, you're right, Disney Plus is in bad shape. And here's the thing, it's not that they haven't been providing content You know, if there's one thing that they've been trying to do, it's it's been saying, "Hey, here's one show that you can cling on to, and then it leads into another big show, and then it leads into another big show without a whole lot of breaks." Right? At least has been something that they've been somewhat consistent with throughout the time. But as you can see, that can only last you for so long because one of the qualities and one of the things that you kind of need to have is a good show. You can't just say, hey, we're giving you content on a consistent basis. You have to be giving good content on a consistent basis, and that is something that they have just not been able to do. So, yeah, Sensei Mike, I totally agree with you, man, and thank you very much for that very generous donation, man. I appreciate it. Uh, Lance Mala says, will Hangman hang, will hang, Page finally win the title and carry AEW with the best for the next year? That's a big if, man. Yeah, after the show, I'm going to be watching uh, Full Gear. I've already, uh, I already bought Full Gear. Um and by the way, if you are an AW fan and, and you want to support them, uh, don't buy via Bleacher Report because if you have a VPN, you can buy via Fight TV their international release and you get it for twenty dollars instead. So you're still supporting them, but also uh, it's it's more reasonable. It's a lot more reasonable than the fifty dollars that they charge. But yeah, I uh, if I had to guess right now, I would say Kenny, because Hangman just kind of came back. Like he just is. He was gone for a while and now he's just back. Uh, so I, I would not be surprised if it, it's a screwy finish that ends up leading to, um, him, yeah, you know, Omega keeping the title. Fat Elvis, what's going on over on D Live? Thank you very much for being over here today. I very much appreciate. It. There's the Red Rose from Miss Martin muses. Thank you, Alex McCarthy. Then says, I give Shang Chi two out of ten. A two is generous because it helped me go to sleep from how boring it was. Dang. So Alex McCarthy. Gave, he gave Jungle Cruise a 7 out of 10. He gave Shang-Chi a 2 out of 10. You know when he gives a film a 2 out of 10 that it, it's got to be pretty bad. Forever Sci-Fi, who's a member? Says, I want to be happy about Disney losing money, but corporations cut people before they cut dividends. That's a great point, right? That is a great point, and that is something that we oftentimes forget, myself included, that it is great to see these giant companies Failing. No question about it. But it does have a real-world impact, right? It definitely has a real-world impact and result. All right. Well, uh, let me go ahead and talk a little bit about these box office numbers, and then I'll try and catch up with the chat. If any comments get skipped, I do apologize. But anyway, let's talk about these numbers here. Let me go ahead and hide that real quick. So, this is the day and day comparison between three films... In the far left-hand side, you've got Eternals. In the middle, you have Black Widow. And on the far right, you have Shang-Chi. Again, those are the numbers right there. As of Second Friday, we saw a 74%, around a 74% drop Friday to Friday. Making Eternals at $99 million. So it's going to cross $100 million by the end of this weekend, which is something that I said was very likely going to happen. But look at where those other two films were at the same time. Black Widow was $13.8 million ahead. It was also competing against itself on Disney+. Plus, So that's a pretty big factor there domestically. Then you have Shang-Chi, which, of course, had a holiday weekend the weekend before and so, therefore, was even ahead of Black Widow, $119 million domestically. By the end of the weekend, Black Widow was at 131.6 and Shang-Chi was at 144.5. And when you look to the history of these films, you see that Shang-Chi was able to make well over $200 million domestically, whereas Black Widow capped out at 183. If this trend continues, this is now two weekends in a row where this film. Eternals is tracking behind Black Widow and that is remembering that Black Widow is and was affected by a day and date release on Disney+. This means, if again, this tracking continues, this film is likely going to cap out somewhere around $150 million domestically. that's Again, that's a pretty good number for what we expect this film to do domestically. Therefore, the only way that this movie is going to have any chance of being successful at all is going to be what it does in the international marketplace. Now, of course, this weekend it is fighting up against some pretty big competition and that is of course Clifford the Big Red Dog, a film that everyone and their mother of course is, is wanting to go see. Eternals as it says right here is eyeing a 27 plus million dollar second weekend. Clifford Woofs 20 million dollar five day. Ooh only 7 million dollar off. That that should not be a thing, especially with this being a hybrid release. As it says though, the Saturday AM update, despite the worst reviews ever for a Marvel movie and a B Cinema score. All right, pause right there. Here's the issue. Already. The Cinema score means nothing. Let me go ahead and uh, try and boost this up a little bit. All right, I am sick and tired of hearing about Cinema score. Cinema score is a joke. CinemaScore has no information except a letter grade. They don't give you any other information. They don't give any other information except for the letter grade. As I do this, let me go ahead and uh, do some comments because YouTube is about to jump. Uh, Laura says, uh, you should use Instacart for groceries. I hate grocery shopping. I could do that, but I don't know. I like kind of like walking around. Uh, just another red shirt. Hail to you. Thank you for being in the chat today. Uh, Fat Elvis, what's going on, man? Thank you for being here. Sensei Mike, again, thank you for that $100 donation, man. I very much appreciate that. Matt317, thank you for being a member on the channel. Says, is all right? Didn't feel a thing watching those trailers? Nah, I feel like a lot of people didn't. Neil says, do you think Eternals with underperformance in Disney stock plummeting, this can hopefully be a wake-up call for the company, to, uh, lest they continue to uh, lose money? No, I don't. I don't think it's going to be a wake-up call for them, because here's the issue. Their stock price, though it has been driving, uh, has been falling tremendously, is still so artificially high, because of all of the other revenue streams that they have. And it's the reason why they can take massive losses even for films like Eternals and still be okay, right? Th- that-, that is the biggest thing, and that's the biggest takeaway from this past year. If you look to all of the Disney releases this year, it is not looking good. And by the end of the year, I will do a full breakdown of, okay, how much did Disney spend on all of these projects? How much money did they actually make on all of these projects? And therefore, what was the actual net gain, net loss by the end of it? You know, I'll, I'll do that full breakdown at the end of the year. Obviously, Eternals, I think, is going to be one of the biggest losses. The only real success that they're going to be able to talk about in any way, is, from at least from my own perspective, is going to be uh, Spider-Man. Because even though I have some doubt still whether or not Spider-Man will hit a billion dollars, I have no doubt that Spider-Man will break even and make profit. The issue, of course, is that they're splitting that profit with Sony. So it's really hard to say whether or not this is going to... You know, I don't think Spider-Man is going to offset any of the massive, massive loss. I mean, this is going back all the way to the very beginning of the pandemic, people. Keep this in mind. One of the first films from Disney that showed a massive loss was an animated film which ended up creating a $200 million loss for the company. A $200 million loss for the uh, company. Uh, Let me go ahead and see if I can pull up my website real quick. Oop. Well, I say that, and yet that's what happens when I try and do things on the fly. But anyway, a $200 million loss right off the bat because it came out right on the first weekend when things got impacted, when things got affected. So they were already in a bad spot. Add on top of that everything else that's been happening – it's it's just not looking good. It is just not looking good for them at all. So as you can see, Eternals. Uh, it goes on anyway. Cinema Score, complete joke uh, was the point I was making there. It says right here though, Eternals did not implode. Now on track to be down only sixty-two percent. Okay, if we're if onward. Thank you, slicer neons. Yes, slicer neons. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Onward, because it came out the weekend before all theaters closed ended up being around a $200 million loss for Disney because of how quickly theaters closed at the beginning. So, so they already started off losing hundreds of millions of dollars with that one film. And then every other film that they've come out since that time has, has either barely broken even or has been a massive loss for them. So, it's going to be ugly when I, I crunch those numbers by the end of it. But anyway, see how, like, again, the media is trying to spin it, saying, oh, it didn't implode, it's on track to only be down 62%. Okay, for a typical Marvel film, this is not bad. Alright, there's some people out there who might say, "Oh man, 62%, 75% Friday drop-off, ooh, man, that that that's the worst ever. No, it's not. This is This is pretty standard stuff. The issue is how much money it made... In its opening weekend. Compared with this drop off. Because even though this is not the worst percentage drop off that we've seen. We do know that that opening weekend number that they had domestically. Is nowhere near the top of the food chain. When it comes to any of the uh, movies that they've had in the MCU for instance. Uh, Let's see. Andrew Hoyle says after Ghostbusters. I'm uh, blanking on movies to be released that I want to watch. I'm still up there for um, at least this year. There's not really that much. Um, but, of course, I'm still excited for Top Gun 2 because cinematography is going to be amazing. 30 War says, Will it go round in circles? Will it fly like a bird up in the sky? Kara Tharp uh, says here, Disney sucks. They don't do anything new. This is true. All they seem to do are uh, reboots, uh, etc. Uh, Nathan Slay never watched it, but I saw a thumbnail. Yeah, uh, Tim Allen not in the film for... Uh, yeah, not good for that. Not, not good at all for Lightyear. For him not to be a part of the project, definitely not a fan of that. Uh, Sage of Rokaseka. what's going on, dude? It was fun hearing uh, <laughs> Gary struggle with your name last night. Uh, Forever SciFi says I've been seeing FNT mentioned by all kinds of YouTubers. Nice, dude. That's 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 pretty cool. Uh, what about the news of the sequel of the '80s X-Men animated series, Slicer? Yeah, um, I was actually never a major fan. Of that series, not because I didn't like it, it's just I, I never got into it. It was just not, not my thing. Uh the thing I got into was Batman the Animated Series. That that was that was the show I got into as a kid. Um and it, it taught me a lot about those characters. Cause I remember I was never a comics person. You know, I never have really been a comics person. Um so but the fact that they're continuing the story, yeah. Um we all know Modern Hollywood is not going to do that well. Uh, yeah, John does like stuff. Uh, Laura, actually, if you if you listen to the podcast, we do. We often we often disagree on a lot of stuff. We often disagree on a lot of stuff. Uh, Mohammed Saeed, what's going on? Welcome to the chat. Thank you for being here. Very much appreciate you being here. Again, Sensei Mike, thank you for that donation early. I appreciate it. Uh, Michael uh, Michael Deitch. Uh, I think it's Michael Deitch or Deitch. Uh, thank you for the $2. That's a super chat. He says, is this the final unraveling of the MCU? Well, here's the thing. In the eyes of fans, I think it could be. I think it could be a sign that the fans are done. In the eyes of Disney, I think they're, they're going to, again, they're going to squeeze these properties. Just go ahead and look to that sizzle reel of all of the, uh, the movies and all of the shows, especially the shows that they have got planned for the next, uh, several months and, and the next several years. They're they going to squeeze the MCU drop to the best of their ability. So, yeah. Um, Estra says, I love when you do Old Man Gary. Well, thank you very much for that. I try to do my best. Um, I appreciate the people who appreciate that. Because <laughs> I read the chats. I read those chats. It's fun to be in there. Uh, Matthew one seven says I was the same with fan I watched it after it had bombed and consequently I was one of the few souls who saw it in theaters. Yeah, I think I saw that one in theaters as well, to be honest. Uh, awesome. One says, are you live or is this DiGiorno extra pepperoni AI? Ah, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Matthew Highland says that awkward moment when F uh, fan Fanfore- fast 4005 and fan will be better than the MCU's fantastic four. Yeah, Seriously. The fact that fan could potentially be better than the MCU's version—that should already kind of be a, a pretty big, <laughs> a pretty big thing. <laughs> uh, Dan, I agree. No, uh, Disney Plus is only a part of the factor there. Uh, the movie failed on several different levels because even if you add in the Disney Plus numbers, it's it's still not a good sign for that film. And add on top of that, the lawsuit where they lost tons of money—not good. Not good. Super anime gamer, what is going on? Rosie G twelve, who is a member, says Peter Jackson's Get Back will drop on Disney Plus eleven twenty five. They're going to get hugely help them. That's going to hugely help them. How do you know though? Just because it's it's Peter Jackson doesn't mean anything. You know, I I love Peter Jackson for the fact that he gave us a great Lord of the Rings, but then he also gave us the Hobbit. So so just because Peter Jackson's behind it does not mean it is going to uh, to lead to anything um as far as people uh pushing him uh jeremy Freeze Gamers just went live really what did he go live for what is he going live for jeremy jeremy you you know what i'm doing now did he go live because of like you know it's a gaming stream or something or was it something like that ah uh, no no it's rather about people lying about him oh he he knows my schedule he knows my schedule uh, Laura's story, I think that she indeed said it right, and so, uh, because of that being said, yeah, um, Jer- Jeremy, Jeremy, you leave me no choice.
1: No choice but to declare you excommunicado. Y-
0: you leave me no choice, Jeremy. I, I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta declare you excommunicado. That's just, that's just the way it's gotta be. That's just the way it's gotta be. All right, I'm trying to catch up in the chat on YouTube. I'm sure DLive is is hopping, uh, rather uh, that Odyssey is hopping. So Odyssey, you just you just stay patient. As long as you put at Odin uh, or Hyper Chat, I will get to it as soon as this uh, as soon as this calms down a little bit. Daniel Thorne, what's going on? Thank you very much for being here. Uh, He then tagged over on DLive to say, Do you think House of Gucci movie made for Lady Gaga to try endless dresses and crazy heels and not be a good story? I don't know if it was made for that reason, but I definitely still, yeah, the trailer leaves a lot to be desired, especially, uh, you know, (laughs) at least a somewhat interesting story. I mean, why would I want to see a movie about a bunch of rich elitist and, and that's all that I have? Okay, it's about a bunch of rich elitist. That, okay, that leaves me with nothing. All right, getting back to the box office here. So, 62% drop-off, as I said, not that bad as far as Disney standards are concerned, right? So, anyone that's going to try and say, massive loss, massive, massive, massive from this alone is not really paying attention. Now, I will say this much, though. The 75% Friday, remember that this means that it is a 75% from the Thursday and Friday of the first week. So, Thursday numbers always kind of bump that Friday up. Because it counts for Friday. So that's why we always see that Friday drop off higher than the weekend drop off. However, we also normally see, at least lately, whenever they say, oh, here's what we think the tracking is. So they're saying that it's going to be a domestic drop of 62%. Normally, it's somewhere in between that 62 and 75. Normally, it's not close, so I'm suspecting that we'll probably see something closer to for the weekend, 65-67% drop domestically, which again, it's not the worst that we've ever seen, but guess what happens very, very quickly, that's right, very soon, in fact, I think it's this coming weekend, we have the release of Ghostbusters, which is one of the only films, at least, as far as uh, people who follow my channel for box office news seem to care about and think could be a pretty big disruptor for uh, the box office uh, going forward. So that, I think, is going to definitely buy into or rather cut into any Eternals money that might potentially uh, be there. I think Eternals will then have consistent 50% drops from from that point going forward would would have to be my guess. And, um, and yeah, I think that's uh, – I'm, I'm thinking and hoping – it's more of a hope at this point – but, again – I also think it's it's definitely doable. I think it's possible that the Ghostbusters film ends up overperforming from what a lot of people's expectations will be. That's at least my hope. That's at least my hope that I have for that film. Um, with that being said, as you can see though, this film is expected to be at $118 million by the end of this weekend. If you compare this to where the other films were, so again, we have Shang-Chi over here and Black Widow over here. By the end of their weekends, we had Black Widow at 131, which, remember, was also competing against itself on Disney+, and so some people would say, you got to add money to that. And then Shang-Chi, which is at 144. This one, 118 is what they say. So they're trying to say, hey, guess what? Don't worry, it did not implode. Okay, when you compare it for -for like-for-like films, in a similar time frame, similar universe, in the case of Shang-Chi, we're dealing with characters that are unknown, This is not a good look. Even if it is tracking ahead of both of those films internationally, the domestic numbers should make them concerned because, as we see, the international box office for Black Widow ended up a little under $200 million. Shang-Chi, also a little under $200 million. This film would have to make a crap ton of money because if it's likely, by the end of its run, it's tracking below Black Widow. Let's say this only gets to 150 by the end of its run, right? If, if the tracking is consistent, right? If the drop is, is consistent there. Let's say this only gets to 150 This film needs to make $500 million to break even because it costs $200 million to produce, meaning an extra $100 million to actually market the film, meaning that again, because the studio only gets about 60% of the box office by the end of its run, it's got to make $500 million. So, that movie would then have to make a good three hundred and fifty million dollars internationally to break even. So again, assuming this gets to 150 and it needs the international market to show up to break even, it would need to make 350. Quick quick mac on quick math on that. 350 plus 150 is five hundred million. Had to double check that for myself. I'm not good with mental math, but as you can see. That would mean it would have to be insanely higher than all of the previous MCU films to come out this year, and also pretty much every film to come out this year, with one exception likely being that of No Time to Die, which has had a very successful um, international box office run. Uh, As you can see with No Time to Die, that film internationally has made over $500 million internationally didn't do much at all domestically but internationally it would have to do no time to die numbers and I, I don't know anyone who is gonna argue that eternals is is set to do that <laughs> I don't I don't know anyone who is going to make that argument by the way at the same time in its history uh, uh, it would be beating no time to die which again, not that much of a surprise because No Time to Die domestically was really not very successful at all. But as I said, Eternals, yeah, it's not imploding by standards, but if they're using CinemaScore as a standard, I, can, I think that kind of speaks to what they're trying to make argument here with. But the point is this, the film domestically is not going to be successful. It is going to be the lowest grossing MCU film domestically to come out this year. Based on the numbers that we have in front of us right now. If, if those numbers remain consistent. And unless this film makes a massive boatload internationally. And again, we'll, we'll have an idea of that when we get the weekend numbers. Uh, it's pretty much uh, another one bites the dust for Disney. Anyway. That is the box office as we see it. Alright, let's go ahead and jump over to Honesty because modesty fam has been quite patient today so again thank you very much for being patient let me go ahead and see who's been tagging etc over there uh let's see we got a five dollar hyper chat from the r thank you very much r for that five dollar hyper chat says happy me fsu wins i feel like spending money well hey congratulations good sir thank you for that hyper chat very much appreciate that Shadow logan thank you very much for the hyper chat with the nine credits, saying, Just showing some support for Odin free speech creator platforms. Hey, Dark Logan, thank you very much, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, and one of the many reasons why I, I do stream multiple uh, locations is because I want to be able to support um, these alt-tech platforms that are trying to fight big tech and also to give people options, right? To give people options, the ability to support however it is that they wish to support. So I appreciate your support in this matter. Uh, let's see. Honey bear A... Honey bear appery appery apiary Happy Honey Bear Apiary. I think is what that's supposed to say. Uh, thank you for the hyper chat. It says, been a while. Another reason to spend more time on Odyssey. Hoping this one sticks with folks. Yeah. Uh, well, if anyone's going to stick with folks, I think it's going to be this one. Uh, and the reason why is because it's got a pretty good infrastructure. It has been building itself pretty consistently. It's been adding features. It's been listening to feedback. It's been reaching out to supporters uh, who have been using it. ...for a while uh, to help them out, to give them advice. So, uh, I would say if anything is going to stick. Also, if we get to a point where uh, Friday Night Tights, for instance, decides to... ...because we're we're talking about it, nothing's official yet. But if we're going to decide to start streaming to multiple platforms... uh, ...Odyssey right now is the best looking of those. Anyway. Vincent Womack uh, says a comment, again, out of context... I, again, I always need. I wasn't tagged in the original comment. I guess I, I don't really know what what's going on there. Okay, too slow. Don't know what don't know what that was referenced to. Context is incredibly key and very important. Again, at Odin at the again at Odin at the very beginning of your comments. All I asked for, just at Odin. Either a hyper chat or at Odin on Odyssey. So anyway, thank you very much for being here. Uh, talking about Jeremy's stream. Okay, as I said, I just I need context because I'm multi-streaming and uh, YouTube has uh, a lot more people over there, and so I, I tend to spend more time over there. Uh, but again, I like to split time between all of the platforms. So thank you for supporting me. All right, back over to YouTube to catch up and not fall behind on any of the chats over here. Let's see, Sage of Rokaseka says, Money is a powerful allure and deadly temptation for art. When the MCU was new, everything was an experiment they could find and stick to a formula that worked movies with heart relatable. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, dude. Um, I think that it is Unfortunately, uh, sad that they, they kind of fell away from that, right? In the early goings, they were incredibly, uh, you know, attentive to fans. They, they wanted to create movies and, and characters and characterizations and adaptations that fans and regular everyday people who had never uh, read a comic book could all uh, find something in. And they were able to do that with a lot of success. And unfortunately, as you said, you know, money gets in the way and eventually it just becomes, okay, we've created now this formulaic structure that lacks almost any and all creativity. And it is now only about, okay, if we just give you the same formulaic guards, One of my students said it best. One of my students actually made a comment about Eternals. One of my students said, it is one of the best films she's ever seen. She also said, but also, I love everything Marvel, and that told me everything that I needed to know. There is a segment of movie-going population, segment of people in general, who will like anything because it's Marvel. Who, because of the formulaic structure that they like, they don't care that the stories are almost entirely the same as far as the structure of, of the filmmaking process. concerned. They don't, they don't care about any of those things. All they want is to have it feel like an MCU movie. And for them, that will be enough. So I, I think that that, I think, actually was incredibly eye-opening, and it's not really that surprising that you're seeing this from a lot of these people. Um, again, consume, consume, consume. That's all that... Um, these people seem to want to do. Uh, and then Sage continued that comment, saying that they did not create funny, uh, that they did create fun and funny characters, making viewer buy in a joy. Now it's a machine, and they don't think they have to earn our investment. Recipe for disaster. Absolutely, dude. That that's exactly what's going on. Right? It's been going on for a while now. They again, they they became formulaic, and they assumed just because they put Marvel on the uh, title and in the trailer that it was going to make people say. Um, okay, that, that's enough for me. And for some people, guess what? It is, as I said, there are people out there who just because it has Marvel in the title, just because it's a part of the MCU, just because it's continuing the story, they will buy in. They will say, okay, I, I don't care if it's good. I don't care if it's garbage. I just want to consume. I just want to consume it. And that is the person that they're going with. Here is the issue. With COVID... Right, with the coof with, with those complications, they have now find themselves in a situation where those people who are consumers, pure consumers, are the ones that are really the most afraid to go to a theater and not see a movie. And so they're losing that segment of the population. They're losing that segment of the population, at least in certain numbers, in certain respects. So, that to me is what's going to be interesting is, and that's why for me, Spider-Man is the big test because that is not a pure MCU film. It is a Sony MCU property, right? So, there's double creativity going on there. I definitely would argue that it's much more in line with what a typical MCU film is, for sure. But, I would also say that it is slightly different enough because of the Sony connection that it is different enough from the MCU formula to bring a little bit more people in is what I mean by that, right? It's formulaic enough to make the MCU fans and stands happy, but it's also different enough to bring in some other people that typically wouldn't. So though I am very confident that the upcoming Spider-Man film will be successful because of the rumors and if the rumors turn out to be true and, you know, it's going to be because of nostalgia. We all know this, right? Nostalgia, when it's done right, can be a very good way to create success. It's also very cheap. Uh, Daniel Thorne says, Is Eternals eternally screwed? Uh, I don't know. Uh, at this point, I would say it's 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 very, very likely. And as I've mentioned before, definitely going to be looking very closely at those numbers tomorrow. Daniel Thorne then just says, Ice cream, ice cream. I have ice cream. Did someone donate an ice cream? Because I didn't see it pop up over here, so... Uh, that's the reason why if I haven't sung the ice cream uh, donation, it's because I did not see it pop up in the chat. I think only a couple of comments ever got stuck, but skip. Uh, Dan Thorne says, do you think Ghostbusters Afterlife will get you to say, bust, uh, make you say, busting makes me feel, what? What is, what does that even mean? I'm kind of confused by that. I don't know if I should be offended. Daniel Thorne says, uh, Disney is going to squeeze a couple of million vids out of you while the smaller studio films get sidelined. Oh, no. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, th- there's definitely no doubt about that, that it, it's it's going to get attention because those are unfortunately the films that people go to see. I, I would love to be able to do further breakdowns of indie films, but for for those, it's, it's really kind of clear cut. Because of the smaller budgets and because of people not going to see them, it's not as hard. Uh, there, There isn't as much going on there uh, money-wise at the very least. That being said, I'm still very interested in a lot of these indie films that are coming out. As I mentioned, uh, Last Night in Soho is a film that I really want to go see. Um, and hopefully I'll be able to actually uh, do so in the near future. My guess is I'll probably have to wait for Thanksgiving break, sadly, for that to, uh, for that to become a reality just because of the way that things work. Uh, The next movie to see in theaters, I'm pretty sure I'll be able to get to see opening night, hopefully in an IMAX screen, uh, the Ghostbusters film, because that could be a lot of fun. All right, let's see. Thursday's Warrior says, I was never a comics person either. My father strongly discouraged me from buying them. He made me read books, although he did give me comic versions of stuff like The Man in the Iron Mask. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was always a movie person. That that was the way that I uh, consumed content was through movies. Just, just the way that it was. Movies and some television as well. Let's see. Thirteenth Warrior says here, Peter Jackson did the great World War I doc. They shall never grow old. It gives him a strong cred for Get Back. And it's the Beatles. For heaven's sake, it will drive subs to Disney+. Plus. As I said, I think it depends. I really do think it depends. For me, it, it's, I, I don't think I, I don't think it's enough. But again, I'm not everybody. Clearly, uh, but for for me, if I if my wife didn't want, uh, if my wife did not want us to have the Disney Plus subscription, then I would probably not have get it for that. That just does not sound that appealing to me. Mostly just because of the fact that I'm. You know, in general, I like some of the Beatles music, but I'm not a, a hardcore, you know, Beatles stan. And also, I just don't care enough about them at this point to watch something where I, I really don't even know what the film's about. Like, what is there going to be some new information in there that we just never knew before? I don't know, right? I think if you're a Beatles fan and you don't have Disney+, Plus, then yeah, you'll probably get Disney+. Plus. But... As I said, I think there's a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of factors there that that could kind of swing it one way or the other. Uh, Rosie D says, Peter Jackson's Get Back movie comprised from hours of unreleased Beatles footage from 69 when they were recording and did the rooftop concert. Beatles and Jackson will be a big draw. Yes, but is it getting also a release in theaters as well? So, not to say, right, that that obviously would would not, would hurt Disney by any means, because obviously box office money is good. But I I think that people would actually more likely be drawn to go to see that in the theater than than to see it on HBO or to see it on Disney Plus, unless it is a Disney Plus exclusive. So, no, I, again, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it, it couldn't drive people. I'm just saying for me, I I don't really see uh, personally the appeal of it. Um especially because of, I guess, more modern-day Beatles conversation <laughs> and politics and stuff. I'm kind of like, eh, okay. It, it is what it is. Again, I'm sure that I'm talking to a lot of people right now who are hardcore Beatles fans, and hey, if that is you, great. You you watch that. You watch it and love it. For me, I'm going to be over here like, yeah, I, I still really don't like um, imagine <laughs> it's because the lyrics the song I think has a very nice rhythm and a nice beat but when I read the lyrics and think about the lyrics out loud it's got kind of a bit of, I got a bit of a problem as as a traditional Catholic with those lyrics imagine theres no heaven already off to a bad start <laughs> a lot of a uh, socialistic messaging in there to say the very least <laughs> don't get me wrong though i do i do like me some old school uh i do like me some old school uh Beatles, though uh let's see laura says i hate the house of gucci trailer because gaga's character crosses herself and says father son and house of gucci is not only cringe but disrespectful oh yeah uh yeah there it's downright uh let's see uh, it's blasphemy it's, 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 it's actually the very de- definition of blasphemy. Uh, yeah, that's not actually my least favorite part of it, though. It's just the entirety of it. I'm just sitting there like, I don't care about any of these people. The only thing that interests me about that movie is the fact that it's a Ridley Scott film. I'm like, really Scott? You, you done this, man? What, what, what's going on, man? What is going on? Uh, Rough Girl, what's going on, Rough Girl? Welcome back to the channel. Glad to have you here. See, Daniel Thorne says here, Now that Britney is finally free, how long will it be before someone makes a free Britney movie? Um, Didn't? They already did. I thought they already had, like, a documentary uh, about the before. I'm pretty sure that's already out there. I think. Um, If you mean, like, an adaptation of it with an actor playing the role, oh, yeah. If it wasn't already in the works, it'll be in the works now. Uh, Griffin Turbo, what is going on? Thank you very much for being here today. Thank you for being my friend. Okay, I don't know why Golden Girl stuck in my head. Uh, Hardwick says, what do you think of the Brendan and Fraser video? It was awesome. It was great. I actually did watch it, and uh, it was very heartwarming. It just also shows Brendan and Fraser seems to be a pretty uh, down-to-earth, wholesome, wholesome individual, and I, I hope that that's how he is in real life. I really do. I really, really do. Uh, a lot of happy weekends from Rough Girl to a lot of the people in the chat. Hope you're having a great weekend as well. Physics Channel Kenny Lee says, just watched the original Ghostbusters. Can't wait for the to watch the new movie. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel that way, right? Because this is an actual proper continuation of the story. And I mentioned this already, but the, the trailer, um, the, the little girl that they cast to be the, was it supposed to be? The, yeah, the granddaughter of Egon, looks literally like a perfect combination of Egon and again, I always forget the, her name, but the secretary who is established to be the grandmother. So, Egon and secretary get together. That little girl looks like a, a perfect combination of those two characters. So, great casting. Uh, or at the very least, great casting slash uh, costume and makeup for it. And let's just hope that she can act. And let's just hope that there's good direction, a good story, that it's fun. CGI I'm already concerned about. But, again, if you have a fun story already going, you're okay. Annie Potts. Yes, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, I think that if you, as long as you've got a good story to back everything up, I and many others can get over uh, CGI stuff. So... All righty then, let me head over to Odyssey for a second. Uh, five, let's see five, five of Five's place says Busted makes me feel good. Part of the song at the end of the first movie. Ah, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I see. I'm I, I I I watched the movie. I am not always a soundtrack person. Very weird with that. Very weird with that. The R says that he has a 55-inch television, mainly to be a monitor. Got to see Odin large and in charge. That's interesting. Visible Max says, "How disappointed were you when history depicted in movies doesn't line up with actual history?" It depends. It depends on, um, it depends on the story. It depends on the historical account being portrayed. How much information we have about that historical account and what the intention of the story is. If the intention of the story is to be a retelling, and is meant to be, in the words of uh, fair use law, transformative, I'm a little bit more willing to offer uh, some leeway there. I'm a little bit more willing to say, okay, I'll I'll, I'll allow it. You know, in the words of, of some court, I guess you could say, I'll allow it. But if it is meant to be a faithful adaptation and they take liberties and they change things, then that drives me nuts. Uh, one, I, I guess I'll give you an example. Uh, we obviously have the legend of King Arthur, right? So there's, there's a lot of stuff, right? As far as the story, you know, how much of the story of what we know is true, which parts are true, right? There's so many different renditions that we have. Uh, the Clive Owen film back in the day from the mid to, uh, from the early aughts, I guess is what they would be, right? It's, somewhere between 2004 and 2009 is when that film came out uh, with a very young uh, Keira Knightley and Clive Owen. That's an interesting dynamic and relationship there with the age gap. Um, But uh, that was a movie I thoroughly enjoyed and thoroughly loved, even though there was obviously a lot of of, of stuff added on and a lot of stuff that they took liberties with. Overall, though, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the rendition. I enjoyed the casting. So it really just depends on the movie. It, It depends on, again, also the... Uh, what they're trying to do with the story as well. Are they trying to be uh, faithful or not? And then over on Odyssey, uh, Five of Fives Place says Janine uh, Meinitz, or Mainitz, probably mispronouncing that. So, yes, thank you for that. As I said, I don't know that character nearly as well. Alright, heading back over to the YouTube slash DLive chat as it combines them together. I cannot wait for Odyssey. If Odyssey can get picked up by Restream so that I can get the Odyssey chat integrated in here, whew, we will be off to the races. Alright, Wolf with long comments says, Remember when Disney was once known for creativity? Now it's either remakes, reboots, live-action remakes, and villain backstories that no one asked for. Cruella, I'm looking at you. Yeah, Seriously. The only reason why I ever was able to watch Cruella was because it was the EFAT version of it, and that movie was trash. N- not only with the terrible CGI dogs killing the mom backstory, like that just the whole that whole thing was stupid. But then also when Cruella becomes bad, the lack of story and character arc to lead to that moment made no sense whatsoever. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And they're remaking everything. They're remaking everything. They're rebooting countless other things. They're ad- adapting stories, right, by, by changing uh, the material. You can look at Toy Story 4. It's literally supposed to be the fourth installment in the Toy Story franchise, and yet it retcons its own story. So I, I don't even say that that's a sequel. I, I would say that that's essentially a reboot <laughs> in a certain respect. It's like a reboot-remake conglomeration. Um... It, it's sad, though. It really is sad, because it, it does show, and you're right. Disney used to have so much creativity, even though I will say, and I th- I'm sure it's going to be pointed out by uh, Tina or Steph, right, that when we talk about some of Disney's creative choices and creativity, uh, a lot of it has been borrowed, right? A lot of it has been borrowed from from other classic stories. Now, they were able to adapt them into pretty great things, like things like Aladdin, Or Little Mermaid, right? All based on, you know, previous material. Uh, Lion King, definitely based on some previous material there. Um, But I, I think that we can look to those things and still say they were able to make, at the very least, unique adaptations that stood on their own. Nowadays, it's, okay, the adaptations exist for the pure reason of, hey, how can we squeeze as much money out of you as possible, instead of saying, hey... How can we squeeze as much money out of you as possible, but then also try and tell you a really cool story with some really talented animators, etc.? You know, I think that there is a balance that they used to strike, and now that balance has been shifted to all money. And the issue for them is that they're not making money. Uh, Or at least for movies, at least. Uh, Orta Review says, My thoughts on Eternals, only the the scenes with uh, Celestials were good, the rest were just boring. Again, haven't seen it, so I cannot speak to those scenes. Forever Sci-Fi, a member says, Sounds like your student needs to watch They Live. Probably. Uh, probably needs to watch a ton of stuff. Stephanie B says, Did you or do you plan on seeing Last Night So? Tina saw it. Uh, I, I do plan on seeing it. I'm glad that she was able to go see it. And also, I think I saw in the live chat that she said that she loved it. So that makes me happy that Tina loved a film that I'm very excited to go see. Definitely something for us to talk about. Hopefully, uh, by the next Chosen stream, I will have seen it. So that way, we can have a conversation. Brian Barth, welcome to the chat, man. Daniel Thorne, there it is. Thank you for the ice cream donation over on DLive, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Very much appreciate that. Harwick says, "Have you seen Ready or Not 2019? It's a horror dark comedy about a bride played by Samra Weaving having to play life or death game hide and seek. I thought it was quite good. Yeah, I have. Ready or Not was a lot of fun. Ready or Not was a ton of fun. I think that was a movie that may have actually been recommended by Laura when it first came out. I think she had seen it before me and said it was it was worth watching. Um, and uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I yeah, I totally agree. The ending is definitely a bit of a." what the hell, because you're like, when they reveal, like, why it is they do what they do, you're like, what in the world is going on here, Um, but I I do think that it's an incredibly good thriller, and the twist is is done in such a dark comedy way, where you're like, hey, I like this, so yeah, I would actually, uh, I would recommend that, for sure, See, Super says, Last Night in Soho was rad. I hope you can catch it. It's leaving theaters fast in my area. It's going on VOD on the 19th. Ah, okay. So if I can't catch it, I would love to catch it in theaters, but if I can't, it looks like I do at least have another option there. Like, what are your opinions on Your Next? I think it's just a great slasher film. Never saw that. I, I don't tend to go out of my ways to go watch slasher movies. Not really my forte. Not really my forte. Or my cup of tea, I should say. Physics channel, Kenny Lee. I was very much a Marvel Comics reader from the 80s to 2000s. Then comics got weird. Yeah, because they, they pretty much got woke. From what we are um, told by the comic experts. People like Gary that, of course, worked in a comic shop for many years. Harvey says, Rizzo Brothers have revealed that Kevin Feige originally wanted to kill off all six original Avengers in Endgame. Well, you know what? It, I, I kind of wish he did. With where we are right now at the MCU, I kind of wish that he did, because then that would have been a very clear, okay, <laughs> we're done. We are done. And I think for a lot of audience members, it would have made it a lot easier for them to say also, okay, Patui, I spit at you. I'm done with you. I fart in your general direction. Uh, it would have made it at least... A a little bit more clear and not nearly as, you know, silly as it is now. Harwick says, keep in mind that Imagine was John Lennon's solo song, not a Beatles song. Yes, yes, I know, but it's still relevant. It's still relevant because we all know that they all were feeling the same way. Come on. Uh, John the Marshall's member says, are you going to see the externals so you can have your own thoughts on it? Yeah, Um, at, at some point, at some point. I, I it's one of the things where I don't really want to, but I I, I at some point I, I'm sure that I will see it. I couldn't set, tell you when that would be because there's other films as I said like Last Night in Soho that I would rather see in theaters. There's a film set to come out in the coming week, which is of course Ghostbusters, which I would plan to see opening night. Um, so at some point, yeah, um, just like Shang Chi, now that that's available on Disney Plus, I'll, I'll finally be able to finally be able to watch that movie. <laughs> maybe understand why it did so well domestically for some reason still still don't quite understand that uh see john the marshal also has been a member for 3 months at the arm of asgard level thank you very much he says in uh, uh his super chat here or it's the member chat he gets as a member he says the lasers are amazing i hope you go see it so you can have your own opinions on it yeah i mean and that's the thing is that i i i will always make it very clear that um to the best of my ability to not give reviews of films that I have not seen. And um, I do always go into films open minded as well, uh, despite what I might hear about a movie. Uh, let us see. I think that was all that had happened. Oh, there was a new number two. Um, it had reminded me had been an eight has been a member for 18 months in a row at the Citizen of Asgardian levels. So thank you very much for that, new number two. Appreciate it. Uh, Let's see, Joey Horn, yeah, cannot stand the song, Imagine. Orange Air Reviews says, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, Lennon did say that Imagine was basically the Communist Manifesto. Yep, yep. (sighs) Yeah, and again, I understand this. I understand this, but again, the point still stands because of the fact that they were all feeling that way. There's I have no doubt about it in my mind. Uh the story behind Get Back and Beatles is it's Let It Be Sessions, which were filmed. The movie that was released showed the more negative stuff. The version this version is more positive. Ah okay. So basically it's gonna be a fluff piece for the Beatles. Again, not really not really that not not really my kind of thing. It might be for you. It might be for you, not for me. Nate says, Dune is honestly a film that I thought wasn't going to be for me all and thought would be too weird, but I was honestly pleasantly surprised by how much I dug it and wanted to watch it again. Nice. Uh, are you talking about the new Dune or the OG Dune? Because I think that both of them can fit that description in different ways. Uh, all right. Andrew Hoyle just says, I just finished watching Back to the Future that my wife was streaming for her Discord, such a great film, nice, oh man, OG Back to the Future, absolutely, absolutely, Um, yeah, would love to have some time uh, to do streaming uh, movies through Discord, I was able to do that a little bit over the summer, uh, it was awesome, so uh, yeah, I I really hope, I really hope that I can do that soon, that'd be fun. For sci-fi, I still remember the first time I saw Stay Puffed appear. Such a great moment. It seriously is. And and the reaction to uh, On Their Faces is is fantastic as well. The moment of realization. Uh, Sage of Rokaseka says, We need Brendan Fraser more. Sad he kind of fell off the map there for a bit. Drinker once did a great video on his mummy movie. Fun movie, fun actor. Oh, yeah. And the entire series is fun. The third movie is not very good, but... You know what? He, he does make it at least a fun thing. Uh, he Yeah, he's kind of been off the map, but he he has been involved. I mean, he is still in Doom Patrol, um, which, you know, is not <laughs> the best of shows. But I watch it only primarily, actually, because of him. Because I, I think uh, his character of Cliff is, is pretty great and uh, is pretty funny. And uh, it's the only reason to really watch the show at this point. This season got incredibly weird incredibly quickly. And uh, I think the season just ended, and it kind of ended on a weird moment and note. And I don't, yeah. I assume that there's enough people watching it though that it's it's gonna get. I don't know. I haven't looked into it that much. Joey Horn also enjoyed that King Arthur movie. Yeah, I did. There's just a lot of really good quotes in it. Um, no man, no man fears to kneel before the god he trusts. Without faith, without belief in some, without faith, without belief in something, what else is there? I, I love that entire dynamic of Arthur and Lancelot, um, and their and their conversations about faith. I love it. It's great. G man, what's going on, bro? Thank you for being here. All righty, let me go ahead and let's get this, and then jump back over to Odyssey. It um, says, I know for a fact when the original trilogy becomes public domain, Disney will remake it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No doubt in my mind that that will happen. Because, again, they're out of ideas. Completely. Um, Let us see. No one tagging over there. Again, if you have a comment or question over on Honesty, just put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. At Odin at the beginning of your comment. Just at Odin. It'll let me know you're trying to get my attention. You can, of course, hyper chat if you wish. You do not have to. But anyway. Vincent Womack says, King Arthur quote, it's like a baby's arm holding. That's not a King Arthur quote. Come on. That's that's awesome powers. <laughs> you're like a tripod? You're like a tripod? Oh, man. I found a ruby. The size of a tangerine. You're welcome, Andrew Hoyle, for that accent. Alrighty then. We got about five minutes left in the show. I do like to run a tight ship here. That's just the way that's just the way it goes. Kara Tharp says, I do not mind different interpretations of stories like King Arthur if they are done right. Uh, and again, it depends on what we mean by done right. And again, if if they make it clear that they're doing an adaptation. And that it's not meant to be a like-for-like, a, a like, you know, shot-for-shot, shot, completely um, faithful adaptation. If they make that clear, I'm okay to give it a shot. But, um, obviously, I am, am definitely going to want to... Uh, oh, man, Andrew Hoyle says, my ears. Uh, you're welcome for that. The size of a tangerine. But, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you to an extent. Let's see. Laura says the only thing I remember about the God Waffle Clive o and King Arthur movie was Keira Knightley being half naked in battle. She was half naked in battle. This is true. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but she is fierce. She's like a she's like a warrior princess on the battlefield. And uh, I'm sad that you think it's awful. I love it. I think it's great. I think it's fantastic uh hardwick i just saw in the live chat about a gq article uh please i would say don't send me the link because i don't read articles a lot so i'm just saying if if it took me two times just to watch a a minute and a half video i'm not gonna have time just for an article just just being honest just just being honest uh father christopher miller hail to you father says just finished match and i'm canceling them tomorrow Oxygen levels got under 90 and was shorter breath but now sitting idle. I've recalled my breath back in the 90s. Um, Father, that's not... Be- uh, please don't tell me that they're still making you do do the whole mask nonsense. Please don't tell me. I actually have a video uh, that I'm saving for the very end of the stream uh, because it, it shows the courage that we all need right now more than ever before. And it's from a 7-year-old. Uh, I was watching... Uh, I watched a great Catholic commentary show called The Rundown. Uh, they, they go about once a week. They had their show earlier today. If you've never heard of The Rundown, highly recommend them. Uh, one of the uh, panelists has a channel called Census, Fidel- Census Fidelium, which is also another great traditional Catholic channel. And he also does uh, exclusive content for Rumble and alt-tech platforms where he can talk about stuff that uh, YouTube would destroy. And... Uh, in his uh, clown clown news world, I think is what the show is called, he featured this story, and I saw it, and I'm just like, I am going to have to share this video because it's just very powerful. So it's going to it's gonna be father. It's going to be something I, I hope that you uh, keep in mind. It's something I hope you keep in mind. Laura's story with the, th- with the arms of ready or not. I think, again, yeah, as I said, I think that she was the one that recommended that to me. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's see here. We got... Brian KG, 2003. What's going on, dude? He says, have you ever considered hosting a Catholic, Christian-centric, geek, nerd, pop culture show? Um, yes. I, I have. I've, I've actually thought more so, less so about that, because I feel like I, I, I have I feel like we have a lot of discussions, even in our regular uh, live shows, where Catholic talking points or Catholic theology get, uh, get brought up. And um, And so I feel like it's already kind of, you know, in in that sphere a little bit. Um, I I was actually I've always considered trying to do some type of actual theological show, theological content. Um, so not necessarily focused on nerd culture, but much more focused on, uh, theological discussion, uh, the, theolo- uh, co- you know, discussion about Catholic news. And I, this is something that I've kind of, you know, been in the process of, I have a second channel called the OMB report where I, uh, talk about news in a critical and cynical fashion. As I say, as my tagline over there through an independent Catholic lens. So it's through a politically independent lens, but through a traditionally Catholic lens as well. And, uh, I, Lately, I, I've been much more thinking of of having that be more focused on uh, on Catholic news and and on being again from from a traditional Catholic perspective as well. The issue is, as as I've mentioned in previous times, it's just that the time that I have is is already just so um, limited because of obviously going with. And spending time with family is is number one. Uh, obviously, uh, being able to have time for uh, my, the area of my faith life, of course, is incredibly important as well. And work. I, I do full-time work. I'm a full-time uh, worker, full-time teacher. And I, I do this for fun. And I have a blast with it. And it's great to hang out with everybody here. But um, yeah, so I've thought about it to a certain extent, uh, but less so from that direction. Uh, commenting is dangerous, what's going on, bruv? Welcome, 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 welcome. welcome. Uh, but yes, we are right at time, so I'm going to try and get through as many of these comments as I possibly can. Uh, let us see what's going on. Uh, still 17 people watching, light up that fire button on honesty. This is the biggest audience I've had on Honesty. so thank you very much for supporting on Honesty. I very much appreciate that. And, uh, let me just see if there's any last second comments. Uh, I see, I think that 70 B had to walk away for a second. So, um, hopefully everything is okay there. Uh, do you really think that Peter Jackson's doing a fluff piece? Says Rosie 212 12. Uh, it's Disney plus. So yeah, I do. I really do. It, and, so, and only because someone had said that there was footage that came out that was negative and this is supposed to be more positive. Something tells me that's gonna be much more of a fluff piece. I don't know. Harvey says, at the end of Ready or Not, when the first explosion happened, I thought it was a shotgun blast at first. Also, did you know Samura Samura Weaving is Hugo Weaving? I did not know that, but I will say this much, that from the poster, she looks exactly like another actress whose name's escaping me right now. Um, But she's the actress who is unfortunately uh, Harley Quinn and also was an I Tanya as well. Again, I'm just playing out on the name for the second, but you all, you you know, the person I'm talking about, but for the longest time, I thought that that was who was in the film and obviously it's not, but she looks a lot like her. Uh, let's see. Daniel Thorne says, when you streaming on Aussie for the past three hours, or was everyone waiting for two hours for the stream to begin? Yeah. Um, I guess that was when I created the event. I don't know why Honesty does that. Again, Honestly, it still has some quirks, but no, I was not streaming over there for a long time. Um, let's see. Rough Girl says, how do you stream a movie without getting copyright strikes? So if I'm doing it through the Discord, it's not public. Only people who are in the Discord server who are watching at that time watch it. And at that point, it, it's, it's, it's really one of those weird loopholes where it's no different than if I were to invite them over to, to my house to watch the movie with me because uh, they're watching my own local copy uh, at the same time that I am. And also, it's not being streamed anywhere. It's, again, it's localized. So, Margot Robbie, thank you very much. Margot Robbie was the name that I was looking for there. Um, anyway, so you can't do it in a stream. You You cannot do it in a public way without getting a copyright strike. Uh, but, again, doing it through Discord where, again, it, it's, it's not that it would be an actual stream. It would just be, hey, I'm watching a movie. Who wants to watch it with me um, kind of thing? Uh, Nathan Thorne says, speaking of Arthur, I am go- I am the god of hellfire, and I bring you fire. Nice. Harwick, again, uh, thank you for talking about that. Sounds like it's an interesting article. But, again, I just no, I just will not have the time to actually watch it. And, again, hopefully people have slowed down as I am over time. jkdbuck six coming in, of course, at the very end as well. Let us see. David says, I feel like Yoda. Feel like what? That I'm being watched. Maybe I'm going to have to go back and rewatch King Arthur movie. Maybe. Maybe I need to. Maybe it doesn't uh, hold up as much. Are you online mass service? When <laughs> I am not awesome one i am not uh coliseum i teach religion i teach uh for for the year i teach its morality and sacraments play a communion a communion clip of joseph prince he loves communion it says awesome one what i don't understand that uh harwick says agree i thought it was margot robbie yeah seriously it looks completely like margot robbie. And uh, yeah, thank y'all very much for that. If you want access to the Discord, you can find it if you go to that top link in the description of the video. It's my Willow link, as it's called, and basically it gives you links to all of my social media platforms, and it also includes a link to the Discord as well. As I said, I I haven't done one of those streams in a very, very long time, uh, but obviously that's something where I, I would love to do it again. And Uh, I will always try and and reach out to as many people as I can. Vincent Womack, thank you also for letting me know. It was Margot Robbie as well. Uh, But anyway, yes, this is the end of the show, everybody. So thank you again so very much for being awesome. Hopefully, uh, you know a little bit more about the uh, box office situation going on for Eternals. Not looking very good for that. We'll have to wait and see what those uh, foreign totals, international totals look like tomorrow. As I mentioned, though, I do have a video. And with Father uh, losing Oxygen. Um, because I think of mass situation, uh, I think that this little girl right here, uh, again, seven year old should be an inspiration to all of us during this time of tyranny. So again, I saw this earlier, uh, on clown news planets on census fidelium, I, which I highly recommend. And, uh, so again, I think that all of us have something to learn from this. And, uh, after this, of course, I'll, I'll do my final goodbyes, but, uh, let's go ahead and watch this together.
1: My name is Fiona Lachaus and I am in second grade at Discovery Kale Elementary. I am back to talk to you again today. And for anyone who thinks I didn't write my speech, last time is wrong. I wanted to be here then just like I do now. Sorry if I am supposed to be scared when I see people yelling at these meetings. So I am back today and tomorrow is my birthday. I am going to get suspended if I don't wear a mask for three more days. Just because I get suspended for not wearing a mask isn't gonna change my mind. You can keep suspending me. I still have the right not to wear a mask. It is not fair that I'm getting punished because you guys, the school board, are not following the law that is not fair. It just isn't right. I'm still going to stand up for what I believe in and nothing's gonna change my mind. I've been getting suspended a lot because I'm wearing a mask. Do you know how dirty masks are? Cause you touch the mask, you put it on your face, you breathe all those germs in cause you have lots of bacterias on your hand. and okay yeah I hope you all go to jail for doing this to me and my family is proud of me and my uncle Murphy that is in heaven is really proud of me and I want to say Burke sucks but instead of your rules suck
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. Again, a seven-year-old, a seven-year-old has more bravery to stand up than so many more adults. And what I will say is this, Father, because I, I know that you I, I saw your comments, and this is something that I said earlier. Our obligation in this life as Catholics, and especially you as a priest, is to the spiritual well-being of souls. It is better to offer Mass, to offer the sacraments, which could be the last sacraments that any of the individuals going to those Masses would receive. It is better for that than to put more attention and more focus on the physical health and well-being of the individual person. We have gotten to a point where we are putting so much focus on the material world when, as Catholics, as people of faith, this is not our destination. This is but the ship carrying us to the destination. Our focus needs to be on... The souls of the individual person. And how are we going to feed those souls? It is the sacraments. It is the sacraments. So anyway, that little girl, amazing, amazing, amazing. Again, a seven-year-old has more bravery than us. And also, a lot more knowledge as well. Because if you actually look to CDC, if you actually look into all that stuff, so many people are not following Anything, because according to the CDC, according to everything like that, if you touch your face, if you touch your mask, you got to get rid of it. You got to replace it. You got to then wash your hands. And yet people aren't doing that, which means guess what? Everything that we're doing not effective. But again, spiritual well being. We are here to save souls. Period. End stop. Anyway, that's it for me. I'll get off of my. uh, so, Box, thanks for the amens, everybody. Uh, again, I know not everyone here is Catholic. And again, Father, this is not meant to be an attack on you in any way. I'm praying for you, Father. I uh, ask that you continue to pray for me as well. praying for everyone out there in the chat, especially this is the month of all souls. So, for all those that have lost loved ones, I will continue to keep you in uh, in my prayers as well. And I ask that you keep me in your prayers as well. So, anyway, thank you all so very much. Continue to stand up for your freedom, continue to stand up for your rights as a human person. And as I constantly say, whether it's masks, whether it's jabs, we as human persons have an inherent dignity, have an inherent dignity that merits rights that are beyond any government. Rights do not come from government. They come from God and God alone. Anyway, you guys are all amazing, beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your evening. Thank you for stopping by today, and as always, God bless. And now for a huge shout-out to all of my November Patreon, Subscribestar, and Locals members. Starting first off with Patreon, Andrew Hoyle, Animation Commentator, Brandon, Brian P., Christopher Bowman, Dolores, Ed, Dion, Father Christopher Miller, Hail to you, Father, Father Damien Cook, Garrett Searles, Harold Francis, Inflamed Wood, Jacob the Juice, JC, Jeffrey Toon, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, Gomer Kyle 79, Laura The Modern Major General Story, Mike Jackson, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mondo Spieler, Mr. Peabody, On to June, Orange Hat Reviews, Out of Step with Reality, Priscilla Hall, Rosetta Ellen, Stan Andrian, Teresa Martin, Theodore Benden, Tina Bojan, and Tina B, the Empress of the Universe. And a shout out to my Subscribestar members UAB, Mad Dog, Storm Tracker, the R, Fast Reaction, Nosferatsugatsu, Stand 4, John B, Perpetual Punster, Mr. Roy, Glinzer, J, Alex McCarthy Jr., Dean Heiss, slash the new number 2, and J Rod, the beer guru, and of course, ZK man, thank you very much for supporting me over there. And to my three supporters over on locals.com, Kara Tharp, Bifford a Hobbit, and Robert Barnes. You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. And if you want your name shout out at the end of every live stream in every video I do on the channel. Check out that top link in the description below to find out how to sign up to the various levels that exist, including the most basic level where you get a shout out, the secondary level, the Army of Asgard, where you get that plus access to a Giveaways exclusive server where I give away things like 4Ks and Blu-rays and digital codes all kinds of stuff, a lot of fun. You then also have the Keeper of the Bifrost level, where you get all that stuff, plus access to an exclusive podcast that I do with John the Flick Pick Flickinger. You get to ask us questions, and you get also access to that and the entire library of podcast episodes that we have done. And then there is of course the Chosen of Valhalla level, where not only do you get all of that, but also in your first month, you get a t-shirt of your choice and sent to you anywhere in the world. Of course, just let me know your size and the color option that you want. It'll be sent to you that first month. And also, you get to be featured on the once-a-month Chosen of Valhalla stream where we have a ton of fun talking about movies and projects and all kinds of stuff. Pretty much anything that the Chosen wants to talk about is on the table. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, check out that top link. You're all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day and as always, God bless.